Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here on Monday, January 22nd, 2018. I am Joe Morata. This is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, diddy. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. Good. Trucking through January, man. We're just charging on through, getting just out of this cold winter. Yeah, it's been warm lately, huh? It has been. It's been up and down. You know, it's yeah. been interesting. But uh, folks, thank you so much for being here with us. We are here to talk to you, of course, what else? But about the retro wrestling, and we're going to romp through our retro wrestling discussion with you this yes, week. Yes, always with the romping. Yes, there'll be a lot of romping. We have a special guest later on in the show. But before we get to any of that, why don't I remind you that you can follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet. You can go to at OVP Podcast, and there you can tweet at us and talk to us that way. That's a great way to do it. You can also email us yes. at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really hot place. For the cold takes. Yes, uh, the Facebook group. Yes, what goes on there, man? Well, you can search on Facebook.com. Foot. <laughs> Over there, you search our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Don't forget the dash. Don't forget the dash. Over there, you hit join, and then you're in the group. We allow anyone in, and yes, uh, you can leave the best Kerry Von Erich jokes. Oh, yeah. Uh, the best hot takes on current wrestling, if you yep. want to. If you want to. I'll uh, complain about it the facetiously. Best, the best hot takes on retro wrestling, of course. That's what we prefer. Yeah, that's what we prefer. Questions, comments, concerns. Yeah. You know, and, and come as you are. You know, if you know everything, great. Then you're going to be a reliable source for us. If you don't know anything and you want to know more, Great, there's a wealth of people there that can help you learn more about the retro wrestling. Right, ask for suggestions. Right. Ask, uh, I don't know why this happened. Can you yeah. explain it? Who like, is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, Was this guy good? Was this guy bad? You know? What are the best matches of this guy? Right, you yeah. can always ask Melter too, yeah. you know, because he's doing great right now. Or you could just ask our group, which probably are more realistic. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so come as you are, just join it up. And uh, a few other things. If you happen to find us on SoundCloud. Yes. Don't listen to us there unless you really like to for some reason. There's uh-huh. other ways, Quinn. Easier ways. Yes. There's ways where you can subscribe, like iTunes yes. slash Apple Podcasts, right. whatever they call themselves nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. Over there, you can hit the subscribe button, like I said, and the podcast will like pop into your pod player thing, yep. and boom, you don't have to do anything. And boom. over there, you can also leave a review. We love those. Yes. Please do it. Please keep them coming. <laughs> They're Five very nice. stars. Five stars. Yeah. And where else, Quinn? Anywhere else? Well, there's Google Play Music. Yes. Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, auto. Yep. Player.fm. Who cares? <laughs> Thanks, Gorilla. Uh, so, you know, it'll leap right into your podcatcher faster than Lanny Poffo. Yes. <laughs> so make sure you do that. Uh, Quinn, one thing that has been very interesting and uh, something we could have never imagined when we started this show is that we have a Patreon. Yes, we do. And there actually is exclusive content there that you can't find anywhere else. Yes, like the commentaries every are, week that come out. What are those, Quinn? Well, they're <laughs> audio commentaries that mm-hmm. you can sync up with the WWE Network. Wow. And you can listen to us instead of them. 
Now, it's any random match a lot of times, right? It could be yeah. anything. Like, recently we did the Hardcore Battle Royal, and that was super fun. We did, yep. Uh, Brett versus Razor. That <laughs> yeah. was super fun. Basically, what you do is you sign up at Patreon. It's for $2 a month you get these commentaries. Yeah. Every single Friday, you get mm-hmm. a new one. Yes, and you get an RSS feed, too, to yep. plug into your pod player. Any one yep. that you have, it gives you the address. You just put it in, and then they just download automatically yep. or you know, stream or whatever. Stream. Quinn, there's also a $3 tier. Yes, for one more dollar a month, every month, you get our live video reviews of 1982 WWF. That's right. That's a video review. You'll yeah. see us watching a WWF All-Star Wrestling and Championship Wrestling on the old video scope there. Yep. And sometimes compilations. Sometimes compilations. And we're exploring the uh, the transition in 1982 from Vince McMahon Sr. to Jr. Yes. To see how that unfolds. And that's a lot of fun. That's the first of every month on the $3 tier. You know, we've been saying this all season. Last season... Yes. We did what I would call a an exhaustive narrative on the pre-Hulkamania era until post-Attitude era. Is that right? Yes, we finished wrestling. There's basically. no more wrestling. Yes. What the hell happened? I don't know. I don't know either, but I do know this. We decided to do a game show. So now, folks, welcome again to Pop the Question, where each week we will answer one, two, three. Who knows? One of your questions that you submit to Pop the Question. We spin the wheel on the question makes the deal. And in order to do this, we need your questions so you can submit them to us, email them to us, or go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and add it to the suggestion box. But Quinn, give the old wheel a spin. Okay, here I go. All right. And it landed on Brian Burke's question. Okay. How WWF was able to trot out their monthly MSG shows. Ah, I love the monthly MSG shows. Thanks, Brian. Madison Square Garden Center Incorporated presents an evening of all-star professional wrestling matches. Now, I'm assuming he means the televised ones? Yeah, that's what I did. The monthly show that yeah. they always had with the dee, 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 <laughs> that music dee, or whatever. Dee. That's the that's the network version where of they the would music, go through yeah. like a three D <laughs> yeah. MSG or something. We've talked about these a little bit in the past, you know. And uh, the MSG shows they ran the garden every month for years and years and years. I want to say since like the sixties. Yeah, probably. Well, the yeah. garden was built in the sixties, so okay, yeah. that modern. So one, when so. the garden was <laughs> yeah. a thing, they and, were always there. Yeah, and that was kind of like their home base, like large arena. Where you could count on WWF being at the Garden every single month. Right. That and, was their territory, basically. Yeah. So that was their home thing. Just like the Sportatorium or yes. something. Or the Cotton Bowl. Yes. <laughs> ah, the Cotton Bowl. Ah, the Cotton Bowl. Ah, the Cotton Bowl spectacular. Thank you, Bill Marcer. So anyway, the WWF, though, with their monthly MSG, they started televising them in the mid-70s. Right. They also seem to be filmed on, like, 45 millimeter. They also filmed some, them on, like, some camera <laughs> yeah, on actual tape. 35, I don't know. But some of those are really good. Yes. And and particularly like the early and mid and late 80s have some interesting stuff. And all it is, it's a stop on their house show circuit right. that they happen to be filming. It's generally what they're hyping to also on their um, on their television program. On their event centers. Almost always the, the storylines revolve around, I'm going to meet you in the garden at the end of the yes. month. Because when King Kong Musk, all six foot five, 320 pounds of walks into Madison Square Gardens, I demand nothing but respect, and respect I shall expect from you when I put that belt around my waist. And especially in the pre-pay-per-view era, yeah. you were building towards your monthly card in whatever market you were. Right. So if, it, let's say, let's go back a bit, Slaughter and Patterson. Yeah. Okay, this is early 80s now we're going back to. There was no pay-per-view. No. So what were they doing? They're building 
to a big match at whatever stop on the tour that it is, right? So whether right. it's MSG or Boston Garden or the Philly Spectrum, right. Capital Center, they're building towards that, right? And uh, the Garden was their home base. That was their territory. So what they would do back then is, it seemed like they had maybe five, six cameras there. They seemed relatively inexpensive to produce, yep. to just poop them out every single time they were there. Yeah, I, I think they were making a profit just off the gate, too, because they looked to be selling out the Garden. A lot of times they were, uh, as the 80s drew to a close and the 90s began, they were anymore yeah but there were a lot of good crowds in the 80s hogan was a big reason for that right but they could also run other guys there you know it didn't have to be the the champion headline in the garden so yeah sometimes it wouldn't be even before hogan i i i it looked to me they were doing pretty good business in the garden they regardless were. i mean backland um jimmy snooka and yeah. jimmy snooka morocco in 83 yeah. and billy graham i think they good yeah bruno did incredible business of the Their garden. shows seemed to be pretty pervasive throughout the northeast like people were watching it like because obviously by the garden sellouts, right? It's, right. People knew what was up. Yeah, and and Bruno was really like Mister MSG. To right. be fair to him, like he really sold the garden. I don't know about Pedro. Backlund did. Yeah. Backlund was a, a big sell. Um, Hogan obviously was a big seller. Don't know about Savage. The thing with the MSG shows is I'm not sure when they stopped being monthly, monthly, but it was sometime in the 90s. Now they're there four times a year. I want to say. Yeah, it's just, certainly it, not monthly. Well, now it's just a stop. Now it's, it's not a regular stop because they've expanded. Right. It's like a it's like a couple times a year yep. stop. Yep. And Quinn and I have been there for. Uh, we were there for the December 26th, 13 they show. They still do the Christmas show every year. Yep, yep. Um, the problem now in New York is that they also do the Barclays. They do the there, Barclays in Brooklyn. There's a second arena in Brooklyn. Yes. So it's like... Which has a nice stigma about it, doesn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? It's Brooklyn. It's a little hipper than It's a little hipper, but it, it's also a little smaller than yes, the Garden, is. so they can sell it out easier. Mm-hmm. I think that's sure. really the key for them there. It's a very good point. You know, the televised aspect of it, like I said, it's not like that was a high-tech production. You had a few cameras and yeah. the announcer, like, it, they weren't produced, like, on pay-per-view level quality. No. MSG shows. Um, they, they were good. I felt the production for um 70s and 80s, like, it felt was up very to good. par with, like, you know, a CBS or, a, yeah. you know, the regular networks. Yeah sports production welcome everyone gorilla monsoon along with my good friend and associate pat patterson here at ringside looking for an outstanding evening of professional wrestling but when you take like an msg show let's say from like the late 80s and compare it to a saturday night's main event it's definitely lower yeah yeah or a pay-per-view to me it's presented more like a sporting event or like even i know the garden had the network it's garden msg Network. network yeah and, you know, it's presented more in a, like, you know, I think they would show, like, the circus on TV or, mm-hmm. like, you know, not to lower wrestling to that, but it was it's just, like, thing. it was a thing <laughs> at Madison Square Garden that was presented. I don't you know, know if you're lowering wrestling to the circus. I think we're lowering the circus I to yeah, wrestling. I just don't want to, yeah, I just don't, I'm just get, making the point <laughs> yes, that, like, it was, a th- like, any other thing they would present at Madison Square event. Garden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the last regular one was March of 1992 yeah. on TV. And then they did that weird one-off, and it's available on the WWE. We network in 97 yes, remember with that the undertaker <laughs> invader <laughs> for no reason yeah. hello again everyone and welcome to madison square garden we are live and this is the world wrestling federation and what a night you have selected to join us ladies and gentlemen live from new york city in madison square garden I guess the question was just how are they able to do it? I mean, they were able to do it because New York is close to their home base of Connecticut, about mm-hmm. 40 minutes away. Yeah. Um, the Garden was synonymous with WWF for years. Yeah. Now it's not really, but it was. It's still 
a it's thing still when they're there. A thing when they're there. Right. And, and exactly. Even, even me and you, I know we went to that garden show. That dumpy garden show, yeah. You know, the cards sucked or whatever. Yeah, but it was just a house hey, show. When card. we were there, Joe, that place was packed. We were we were like in the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> we were we were there, literally, and there was a lot of people up there yeah. too. It wasn't like there was like we were like a smattering. No, no, no. There were a lot of people. That's what I think about it. I mean, folks, if you have any memories of MSG shows, whether it's attending them live yeah. or whether it's watching them, let us know. Just email us, tweet at us, or, or tell us on Facebook. Quinn, why don't you give the wheel another spin? Ah, and the next one is from Brian J. Rochester. Okay. And it is, do you think Vince McMahon will ever step down from being in charge of the WWE? <laughs> oh, hell no! No. No, right? I really don't. I mean, I'm, all right, so Vince is what, 72? I think he's 71, maybe. I, 70, I could be wrong. I think but, he's 72 now. Okay, yeah. 45. I just want to be fair to him, you know. He's old. <laughs> so Vince McMahon, folks, as you know, as we've covered, has owned this shit for like 35 years now. Right. Since 1982. Yeah, no shit. He's done everything he can to grow it into what it is now. It's his life's work. It really, truly is. Yeah. If he's 72 now, he bought it 35 years. He was 37 years old when he bought this company. Right. Okay. And he had worked under his dad for a few years before that. He worked to buy it. Like it was a, Pretty much. it was like cost him a, like an arm and a leg to buy the company for him. You know, he yeah, was for him. This is at the time. Vince was not a billionaire or anything. No. He was maybe low. He had a million dollars. Maybe. I don't maybe, even know. What it is not, it? Maybe he didn't even have a million dollars. Might not have. Yeah. And he worked and he worked and he worked throughout the eighties. You know, he built with help, obviously, but he owned it, right? Right. He built an empire of wrestling that people hate and people love, depending on who you are and what you think. It keeps the wrestling business going. I mean, uh, yeah, for better or for worse, they, it, it is the wrestling business. The, the wrestling industry as it is today, whether they realize it or not, whether they want to admit it, they owe a debt of gratitude to Vince McMahon yeah. for keeping wrestling in the public eye. Yeah. It's a fucking carnival sideshow act. Yeah. I, I mean, at its core, at its worst. But it's the public face of this entire industry. That's what I mean. Like, and Vince McMahon, at least on this side of the globe, he kept it he put it on network television again, which it hadn't been since the 50s, and it yeah. never would have been. And to Vince's credit, he he rode the highest of highs, but the lowest of lows. Absolutely. Too. He never gave up on this thing. Absolutely. No one would accuse him of being the most scrupulous person. No, but he's loyal to his product. He's loyal to his product, and you know what, he, what, what else he is? He's a hell of a marketer. Yeah. Whether he's a good wrestling mind anymore, no one. Who cares? That's he not, might be out of touch, but that comes with age. There's nothing age you anyway. can really do. You can't escape that, right. you know? And that's why he has younger people Bill, working under him. Bill Gates stopped writing code in the early 80s. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? But he still ran his damn company for another 20 years. Right. Until he turned it over. Vince doesn't need to be the booker, you know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. So, so, even though he kind of is, but it, unfortunately, he clutches a little bit too much power. But the point being that he is a damn good marketer. Yeah, he made wrestling and WWF synonymous with and each to, other. And to his defense, I know a lot of people get mad about you know why is he clutching on power. I don't think it's a power thing for him. I I get the feeling like he's afraid to leave it in other people's hands. He's been in, he's been day-to-day micromanaging it for 35 years like you you get a little like i don't want to put like i i'm afraid that you know people are going to run it the wrong way yeah and you know what i don't blame him in one sense because i don't know if he's had a lot of the right people over the years that could have taken it over 
I mean, now they're publicly traded, right? Which they've been since almost 20 years now. Yeah, but I mean, the McMahons own 51% yeah. of the company, or, or I think it's even like 80%. It's not even that Overall, much. Overall, yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot. And when you think who owns WWF, you don't think publicly traded. You think Vince McMahon owns yeah, WWF, Because he, right? he does, in general. Exactly. Yeah. In, unless I think he is physically and mentally unable to, like, Unzip his pants and take a dump with that with without yeah, someone like, else wiping his ass. And that's not to offend. He's just that's what happens when you get really <laughs> old. Like right. yeah, unless that happens, he's I don't foresee him ever stepping down from having the final word. Yeah, honestly. Nor nor do I think he should, as if he has a the mental capacity to do it to do it because uh, he's good at it he's good at he's good at a lot of things like it or not right he, he's weird the things that he's really particular about and their terminology they, they don't want to say wrestling which right. is so strange to me like i don't know why they're <laughs> hiding it i mean now that you've eliminated everyone from yeah. the competition in, there's in no side of the there's globe, no yeah. reason to sugarcoat it anymore and there's it's, weirdness with that but it's still wrestling yeah and that's okay but whatever and maybe that didn't even come from him but he's certainly allowing it if yeah. that's the thing but no i don't think the question was will he ever step down i don't think he will no, no. i I, I can't see him selling it. I know there's been like all this weird talk about like, oh, he's going to sell it. I don't. He's not going to sell it. The newest rumors is Fox. that he might sell it to Fox. Maybe, but I, I don't. I can't foresee that. But what yeah, do I know? And, and I think the question really comes down to if the payday is big enough, will that change his mind automatically? Because some people have talked numbers in the billions that because if UFC sold for like two billion or something, that Vince might even be talking four billion dollars to buy the WWE, which is a lot of money. Yeah, and probably worth it <laughs> yeah so i don't know i mean what do you think what do you think is ever going to step down what do you really think? i think the only thing that would get vince to step down i truly believe that if you gave him four billion dollars he would eh, take it you, think <laughs> you so? know what i mean like but what would he do he's a workaholic what would he do well he wants to start other company you true. know his whole life he's always wanted to do stuff outside of wrestling if you yeah, have four billion dollars you can start any a pet project, yeah, any right? wild dream that Vince ever wanted, and he's he he doesn't have to like focus on the WWE. He can put all his efforts into something else, almost like a dream project that you know he maybe he wanted to get out of wrestling twenty years ago, but he couldn't because it was main business. Maybe oh God, yeah, I think he's wanted to get out of wrestling since the late eighties, probably. Honestly, yeah. like I really do. Yeah, so maybe there's something you know he, a dream project he had, and you know what? If you built the company up. To it being worth four billion dollars, you deserve to do whatever the hell you want with the. Hey man, like, that's that's your business. Like, come a long way from Shane throwing him into the pool during a booking meeting, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, and I, I mean, I feel sorry for probably his children who think that they should have inherited the company, but I mean, it's Vince's. That was Vince's work. I'm sorry. Like, it's completely up to him what he does if he wants to sell it or not. He built it up, and, and despite her best efforts, you know, uh, Stephanie hasn't torn it down. Right, exactly. <laughs> on the creative end, she sure tried to in the, yeah. in the 2000s yeah, for a while. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, well, you know what? That'll do it for this episode of Pop the Question. If you have a question that you want us to answer, submit it to the question wheel. We will slap it on there, and then maybe it'll land on your question. So we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. OVP Podcast will return after these brief messages. This is where football is played for the love of the game. No indoor fields, no prima donnas, no wimps. Here, the rules are fiercer, the clock is faster. 
and halftime is a break, not a vacation. This is football the way it was meant to be played. In giant coliseums, in major cities, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, where the fans want the game pushed to the extreme. Risky plays, fearless tackles, and one more thing. No fair catches. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here on episode number 66. It is Monday, January 22nd, 2018. Quinn, during the break, yes, you and I drove over to Newark Airport. Yes, we did. Picked up a very special friend from Rome, Italy, or somewhere around there that we're going <laughs> to introduce very shortly because it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week... Quinn and I have put and will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, while four of the worst are going to go down into the desert of Death Valley. And Quinn, this is a fan request. Yeah, a very special one, too, because of the timing. Yes, that's right. It is requested by A.J. Smith, and it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Royal Rumble matches ha-ha yes it, it's almost the rumble it's, it is almost it's the, rumble. the rumble the royal rumble the royal as, rumble as vincent always says yes vincent and yeah. i guess without uh, any further ado let's introduce our very special guest he is the man that for some reason qualified for the highest patreon tier yes the patreon tier that you too can sign up for <laughs> that's right upselling if, now Quinn, yeah, that's good. If, if you want to get in on it <laughs> but yeah it gets you a uh, segment on the show yep and this uh this gentleman that decided to contribute has chosen the segment he would participate in and this is let's welcome everyone mr filippo festuccia how you doing sir hey guys it's great it's great here i love the couch it's really comfortable i'm sure you've seen it multiple times on the live reviews now now you're sitting on the couch it's great actually being here i feel like i'm in like a tv studio that's right that's right that's the OVP life (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so first of all, we want to thank you so much for you know your contribution. Glad to finally talk to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how a guy over in Italy, allegedly, uh, like yourself, <laughs> became such a wrestling fan and why you would pay uh, to be on our show? <laughs> well, that's because I have terrible judgment in money. That's really like the only requisite. And, and I hope other people have the same level of judgment about this so that so that they can be on this. Well, basically, wrestling was huge in Italy for a time that was roughly 15 years ago. And I was a kid. I got hooked. It was, you know, a, a bit like it happened with you guys. It was like in, in a really crappy era, but it didn't get better. But I, 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 <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still in for the ride, which, which says, says a lot about me. Uh, I started watching like 2003, which was still good. 2004, which, which was not, and, and I'm still here with n- not watching Monday Night Raw, but you know. <laughs> well, but, I understand. Wow, 2003, as if you've heard on the show, is like when I was like, I'm not watching. This Even anymore. Quinn turned it off. The loyal, the loyal puppy himself. Yeah, <laughs> I came back in 04, but I was like, 2003 was like, yeah, put my hands up. I was just like, <laughs> well, whoa. 
Okay, so to be fair, we only got SmackDown, which was a bit better in 2003. Ah, that's so, true. Because if, if my like beginning with wrestling had been like Triple H and Scott Steiner, I don't know, I don't know that I'd be still a fan. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I got involved in '95, so go that's figure. True. Right? Oh, wow, yeah, you're you're the hero. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's true. All right, Filippo. So since AJ Smith had the pick. And since you're here on the couch, why don't you have the stick or the, or the breadstick, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe maybe they're going to find out a, a new rhyme. Like, since you got the cash, you got the stash or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, wow. Am I, am I going to say the obvious one for Mount Rushmore? Hopefully. Sure. Thank you for the honor. 1992. Let's get that in. Yes. <laughs> All right. Immediately. <laughs> Tell us why. Well, that is, I, I want to say the perfect rumble in that it's only there to tell a story. That's the yes. story of Ric Flair, the story of Bobby Heenan, you know, uh, on, on the sideline, uh, supporting Flair. First of all, well, you know, there's a great moments uh, that always get quoted that you guys quote as well. Uh, like, you know, uh, Flair and Piper with, with the kilt skirt kind of yes. uh, <laughs> commentary. I never thought I'd say this, but thank you, Roddy. It's a kilt. It's not a skirt. It's a kilt. Hey, look at Roddy. He's giving it to both of them. Well, you know, good freak. You skirt-wearing freak. It's not a kilt. It's a skirt. The roster, I would say, is good. Yep. Because a lot of the times the problem with the Royal Rumbles match is, is that you have 15 to 20 guys that have no business being there, basically. No, no business getting a shot at WrestleMania. I agree. But 1992, I feel, is, is better in this regard. And there's a small thing that I like, which was probably not a good thing at the time, but, you know, in hindsight, it made it good, that for the match, they avoided, you know, the, the whole Flair Hogan thing. The, the, hmm. Yeah, it, it didn't really try to set a verdict in that because they had, I think, already decided that Flair and Hogan was not going to happen. Right. I, I think it's the best Rumble. I agree. I mean, th- there was a little bit there with Hogan and a Flair, little. right? At the end. A at little. the end, right? Yeah. Like, that was... That, but the, but it know, was left open-ended where it could have been right. Sid or, or Flair. Right. Sid was like the monkey wrench in there. He was like the buffer or whatever. Yes. I, I mean, yeah, it, it is the best Rumble. I mean, one of my favorite things about it is simply... Um, Bobby's reaction when Flair comes out at three. Oh, you can and, kiss yeah. it goodbye, Brian. Yeah, and Gorilla. Ah, <laughs> oh, you can kiss it goodbye. Yeah. Oh, you can kiss it goodbye, Brian. And that is one of the best parts. And then just literally, like Bobby, like on and off on each person. Basically, if they if they are with Flair, all of a sudden, like he like sags for some reason. <laughs> like like just random people throughout the whole Rumble are Flair's friends. Haku, and, and then then ha- isn't Haku like doesn't he turn on yeah. him? Like because yeah. Haku turns on him, yep. and, uh, it's and Barbarian just, does too. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it's it's great from just a whole a whole storyline perspective like you said and i think the big thing too is it's for the title there's like levity to it like that is the big thing to me it's like whoa the big prize is like hanging in the balance and the the only time they ever did that again was that roman reigns one which wasn't as good no no at all different different situation yeah different scenario like the champ came in at one yeah it's like it's Mm. it's better where it's just vacant like that i agree Uh, one of the best things about the royal rumble is the unpredictability for some of the earlier ones of who's coming out next. Right. If nothing else, even if you know the winner, it's like, all right, who's going to come out next? And one of the best things about 92 is that everyone that came out came out at the right time. It was just perfectly booked. And here comes 
double of all the people. Anyone but Piper and he it's Piper. The storytelling of it, like Filippo said, it was it was there to tell a story, and it told it beautifully. Mm-hmm. It is the best story that's ever been told, in my opinion, in a Royal Rumble, and I, three, would agree that it is the best one. So I think we have an easy consensus here, gentlemen. Yes. Absolutely. So for number one, the 1992 Royal Rumble. Well, Quinn, why don't you get us rolling for the next pick here? This one's a weird one, actually, for number two. I really Uh-oh. enjoy Rumble 2000. Huh? Um, it's just okay. like that. It's it's to me, it's the best. It's like okay, listen, hear me out. Hear me out here. It's like one of the better Attitude Era Rumbles. It reflects its time period. That'll give you because most of them are pretty junky in oh, the Attitude Era. Yes, and well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, and it's just. You know how you said like how everyone comes out at the right time? Like yeah. 2000, for some reason, it just kind of just flows right. The commentary's really good. It's JR like JR and, JR and King yeah. at the best point. Sure. What kind of wrestling attire is this that Mosh has got on? Well, somewhat unorthodox, and they're uh, somewhat they're un- they're uh, alternative lifestyle that they somewhat. Uh, well, you know, give them a break. Cut them some slack. They're very unorthodox. How's I'm that? telling you, they're hanging down there like Mae Young. I know that The Rock wins it, and you know, I know a lot of people probably associate the WrestleMania with it. Yes, that's as, part as of the problem to, as the reason. But as a Rumble, it's a good Rumble, Standalone. and the, the whole event is good too because mm-hmm. it has the Foley versus Triple H match on it. Mm-hmm. But the Rumble match itself is just—it's like super under the radar, fun and good. Like nobody really talks about it. That's a good point. What do you think, Filippo? I think it's kind of like peak Russo. As in, there's there's a lot of fun moments, good pace. Uh, there's a lot of trash moments. There's a lot of, uh, but you know, I mean, it doesn't have Russo and it no, doesn't no, no. have Russo involved. But but you're saying it's like it's like peak Russo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's it's kind of like the culmination of that. There's one moment that makes me so angry, but I'm willing to overlook that, which is the too cool moment with Rikishi throwing them both out. That makes me so angry because it's like they're the whole reason you exist. That's true. Yeah. Rikishi would absolutely not be a thing without those two guys. He never made a difference, that's for sure. But also it, it <laughs> exemplifies the every man for himself thing. That's a very good point. I would uh, I'm going to volley. I'm going to throw a volley out there. And this one, I don't know what you guys are going to think of this one, but I'm throwing it out there cuz it's one of my personal favorites. 1990. Mm. Ooh. That's that's a deep cut. Yeah, what do you think, Filippo? Uh, I don't know. It it, it has memorable moments. For sure, like the Hogan Warrior thing. Everybody, everybody remembers that. My God, Hulk Hogan and the Warrior! There is not a person sitting down! I'm not a huge fan of, of the action in the ring, but, right. you know, it, it's never been the Rumble's strong point. Uh, I don't know, I think that maybe if, if we're going, you know, that old... Don't you think that the 89 Rumble had more stories, more, you know, mm-hmm. more, more interactions between, you know, it, with, with the whole roster? I can't say it didn't. Uh, Maybe about the same. The the difference with the 89 Rumble, I, I love Demolition coming out at number one and number two. That's good. And the yeah. story. That's great. And they're there to, to get Andre, who I think is number three. Mm-hmm. You've also got storyline development with the mega powers towards the end. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. yes, they did do that. Um, the but the prob- winner. The problem is the winner. <laughs> what? Can we the elephant in the room, Big John Stud? Right? Is that can we can we just like that sours that rumble for me? It is weird. It's like, John Stud. It's like the ultimate like this doesn't matter. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is this whole thing, you got to see this, like, alternate universe where, like, demolitions fighting each other and all this stuff. Mega powers. at the end of the day, who gives a shit because Big John (laughs) Stud wins? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, That's the thing. Uh, So, 89's good. I think, I personally think 90 is better. It's well-booked. It's not as good, obviously, as uh, as 92, because nothing is. Yeah. But it's up there. Uh, What what do you think, Philippa? You got another volley for us? Yes, actually. What about 2001? Very good. Austin wins. Yep. Kane is the Iron Man of that one, if I recall correctly. Oh, that was amazing. One. Yes. The Kane stuff was amazing. That might be a Rushmore, Ooh. folks. Yeah. What about 97? <laughs> 97. The Rumble sucks. Ooh. Right. But, but the, the Austin story is really Austin good. Stuff, yeah. Like, that's one of the f- best, like, final four things. Like, that. Like I didn't even really... Yes. <laughs> Like the I knew, I remember they would always mention the final four, but I didn't really care about the final four until the Austin stuff. And ever since then, like the last four in the Rumble have been like a thing. Like it pioneered the whole like the final four, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Also, in in terms of like what happened before, uh, th- there were a lot of Mexican guys that did some pretty interesting stuff for 1997. So that's that's another plus. It also had fake diesel and fake razor in it, so well, that's a oh, minus. You're right. the pro- <laughs> oh my god! The problem with the Mexican guys in that though is that it's heavy metal and cybernetico and all that crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're kind of right, but you know, it, it's different. Yeah, it, it is, is different. It is different, but I, you know, the other thing, just also with that, did anyone really think Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to win the Rumble no. in January of 1997? No, like, no, he wasn't that and, character yet. And from what I understand, and this is a story from the from the sheets, obviously, if you will, so it might not be right, Ooh. but it could be, is that Bret Hart was actually always booked as the winner, and then they decided to change it up yeah. at the last minute there and have Austin fake win, like, win it illegally. I was genuinely surprised yeah. as a kid. Like I was like, wait, he's just the, that the Brian Pillman guy right. in the mid card like what yeah. like you know because all signs kind of pointed to Bret Hart right winning that one yeah which is cool they actually surprise everybody yes and they don't do that enough and also like the the, the weird finish I think made it more memorable yeah mm-hmm. it's not necessarily great if you think about booking it makes it complicated but you know I really like the dynamic it created Absolutely, and it led to one of Quinn and mine, I'm not sure about you, but our favorite uh, period of time, little like clusterfuck of a storyline there with Brett and Austin and Shawn Michaels and Sid, right? That's a classic, I love it. Yep. I would say, Filippo, to your complicated point, I think that's kind of the the whole the point. point of it is that it's yeah. a, it's a mess, right? It's yep. like, like gorilla what has is, to get involved. Yeah, what like, is going on here? Brett quits. You know, yeah. gorilla's like, oh, I don't know what we're gonna do now. <laughs> yeah, Final yeah. Four match. Yeah, exactly. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You sit there and call yourself the gorilla, yet you hee haw out here like a jackass. Woo-hoo! So that might actually be a contender only because of the legacy it left, not the action in the ring, because it it's okay. It's not great but austin makes it makes that rumble you know joe um yeah, yes and, michael and Filippo, that 2001 suggestion that's up right there, man. something that uh stuck out at me that i totally forgot about that we didn't mention true is that well drew carey's <laughs> awesome I, I'm, yeah I, i've never discussed on this show but i love that that I'm, celebrity entry i know you do it's stupid but mr perfect in the final three if that, you remember uh that's oh two Oh, is that yeah, O2? Oh, right. uh, or is sorry. Haku in that Haku, one? Haku, it comes back so, in O2. Okay, yeah. Okay, like both those actually, we should mention O2 while, while yeah. I, even though I screwed it all up. It's and, okay. Uh, uh, that's one that Triple H wins. He's a big steroid face. Yes. <laughs> but if I remember, it had a good roster, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
the roster was good because it had like the the, the guys from like, ECW, so the, uh, some guys from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, the finish kind of sours it up for me because I understand why they went with Triple H. I wouldn't have. Uh, I know that he he needed that to, to make like the final step, mm-hmm. but like he was nowhere near as over as RVD was. But I mean, of course, RVD was not going to win it. Right. Yeah. But that's you know. It, it, it was my pipe dream winner. He was. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That could not happen. <laughs> also, if, if, if I can say something bad about 2001, Please. I know that I brought it up. You know, since it's like late attitude, there's like, you know, there's a lot of Billy Gunn. Ugh. Yeah, like Billy Gunn comes in the final four or something. Final <gasps> five. Why? Yeah. <laughs> That's really bad. Billy Gunn is really bad, yeah. <laughs> you know what's a weird thing about 2001 and 2002 for some reason? And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's a lot of pe- new people are coming in because of WCW falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's that they're very interchangeable. Even though they're di- completely different winners. It's true. It's like, as far as who comes in... It's like 90 and 91 are very interchangeable. Right, right. It's There's like that weird parody between them. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, it's no surprise that I got confused that Mr. Perfect yeah. was in that because it could have been a one yeah, I get it, it. I don't yeah. fault you no no, it, no one's mad at you no, no it worry. wasn't even a defense but it's like <laughs> after I after I thought about it for a second it's like wow for me to even like transpose it that yeah. way that that's saying something about right. both of them you know well we've we've let me put it this way gentlemen we've named some really good contenders here is there anything on the later end of the spectrum that would qualify for discussion I think 2004 even though it's got the forbidden fruit himself yeah, right? I agree <laughs> I agree Yeah, very good rumble. That is probably the second or third best, and we would probably be uh, not doing our jobs right here. You know, our serious journalistic integrity. But is it? Stake. But is it disqualified because of Voldemort? No, like, I think that's no, unfair to disqualify. Absolutely not. Filippo, mm-hmm. tell us your thoughts. Uh, well, first of all, it was my first Royal Rumble, so I have this kind of connection mm-hmm. with it. I loved it. N- not just the, the Voldemort stuff. I think that um, the other big protagonist is Randy Orton, and he does a great job because he comes in with b- at the beginning. Oh, yeah, that was peak Orton that time. Yeah, period. exactly. So they try to do the Iron Man together, yep. but uh, everybody starts laying it on b- so he fades a bit, and Orton starts dominating. He throws like three or four people mm-hmm. at once, and he gets super cocky, but then Foley comes in, and they had the, the, the big thing, and that was a great moment. Yeah. Yes, it was. I love that interaction. Then there's the Lesnar Goldberg stuff, which was good. Like the the final match was horrible, but yeah, in the Rumble, the interaction was really good. Right. I agree. That the performance there put on by Chris Voldemort is uh, is awesome. One of the best performances. Obviously, Ric Flair's is probably better. No, but it's it's good. Um, they try to recreate it at the 2006 Rumble with Rey Mysterio. Yeah, but oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was really bad. That was really bad. I'm not a yeah. fan of that, and I don't. I never liked Rey Mysterio as a main eventer. Yeah, I liked him as a cruiserweight champion. To, to his defense, as a small guy, it makes sense that resilience would sure. be his uh, strong suit. Absolutely. And coming in at number two, yep, and winning it is not a bad thing. You know. Yeah, but it's 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 like different if it's resilience with I'm facing everybody that comes in like Benoit started to do. And yeah. just, oh, you know, I'm going to take a nap in the corner and just, you, you right. guys be done with it and I'll be back for the end. Yeah, right. that's, and that's just kind of just, I know it's a stupid defense of him, but it's just, it, it, yeah. I don't think it's one of the, for some reason, I don't think it's one of the worst. I oh, personally six? No, don't. it's not I, one of the I worst. I really don't. No way, well, but it, I don't think it's one of the best you, either. You, you, can, you can make a good case for one of the worst, but 
you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. But um, as far as just to throw in one last consideration, what about the one where Cena came in as a surprise at the end after the uh, elbow nuggets or whatever yeah, elbow injury nuggets. had? Great ending, but the match sit, uh, is not that good from what I remember. Philip, okay. anything on that? I completely agree with you. There is a lot of Triple H burying people, throwing them out. The, the, the roster is not great. And one thing that I, you know, the moment itself, John Cena coming in, great. But there's like 10 people in the ring. It's not as impactful. Eh. There, there, there's like half the, half the match left. The feeling, though, was good. The, the the feeling was great. Hearing Madison Square Garden just erupt, <laughs> yep. that was great. Like, I felt like the roof would come off. That was huge. The fact that Triple H was, like, dominating, yes. don't you think that they kind of, uh, they had to obviously they know. They put seem- one over on us. Yeah, like, was, wasn't that kind of the point? Yes, it you was. Know what I mean? it, it, it is, it sucked, because I remember Quinn and I watched this one together. Right. And we watched it on a big projector, and I remember <laughs> we were like, because we weren't fond of Triple H in 2008. Yeah. Because it was just like the post, like, new DX version of him, oh, where yeah. it was just like enough oh, of this yeah. guy, you know? And I remember... We're like, oh shit, come on, really? Triple H is going to win? Because they really, Cena wasn't supposed to be back. And then MSG forgets that they don't like Cena. Right. When that, and Quinn, oh, yeah. Quinn and I forget <laughs> that we don't like Cena. Yeah, everyone forgets <laughs> that they don't like They just, we hate Triple H so yep. much. And so the ending <laughs> holds a very special place in our hearts, I think. But the match itself, while Quinn is right, that they intentionally did that, I think. Yeah, they to, had to. To have. make you think Triple H is winning. The match isn't good. <laughs> the match is not that good, Quinn. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know enough. what I mean? I, I just I just want to make that point that it's, it's like to make that moment, you kind of have to sacrifice the match a little bit. Yeah, you have to tell a story. Yeah. Right? I would say number uh number two should be the two thousand four Royal Rumble if we really want to wow. be yeah. right about this. Well, I'm I'm for it. I think so. Quinn. Okay. Uh I'll yeah. Turn the key. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right. So for number two, the two thousand four Royal Rumble. And that's gonna that's gonna leave us with a couple of other ones that we've been talking about. We got O one hanging in the balance. We have nineteen ninety seven Quinn brought up, which is a, a dark horse, but not a bad one. Yeah, we right ninety seven. Ninety seven. What about two thousand? Nobody, nobody on the two thousand. I think huh? two thousand one is better than two thousand. Really? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, but there's one more that is very similar to 2008 in that the end is what makes it okay. 2007 Undertaker. that's the Shawn Michaels Undertaker stuff yes yep. that was that was uh, huge where basically the rumble was kind of bad there's a lot of Kane there's a lot of the great Kali mm. in the middle <laughs> ew Edge, Edge and Orton do a great job but they, they, they're working with nothing because the roster is just poop <laughs> <laughs> it is poop you're right but but then they have like this 10 minute, what was it, 10, 15 minutes mini match at the end with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that's unique and it, it really created the, the magic that was the Shawn Michaels Undertaker stuff in those years. Yeah, it, it's a good point. It, and you know, it's again, it's a weird parallel thing going on with 07 and 08 where it's it's all about the end right it's all about the end just like the del rio winning one that i know quinn loves the 40 man i love that so much where (laughs) santino the crying cobra but that doesn't make the match good no and i don't know i mean 07 that's a good point it has a great ending uh i personally if we're talking about our third spot here even though it's not one of my favorites i think 2001 is is really up there kane puts in a 
a sterling performance there. And, uh, you know, the winner makes sense. Austin, it helps build him towards that match against The Rock at 17. It's the final Royal Rumble of the classic Attitude Era. It's the final Royal Rumble of the verse WCW, like the actual, like the Monday Night Wars occurring. Yep, Yep. WCW was putting on... um, Sin, I think, was that pay per view at that time. Uh, yeah, or, or, or something else. Grade, one yeah, of those avarice, two. yeah, <laughs> lust. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know. Blood, whatever it was yeah. called. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got something going for it, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do, does anyone object? I'm going to put it this way: Does anyone object to 2001 being on the Rushmore? I think it's a classic. Yeah, I don't object to it. No. Is there anything that can knock it off, Quinn? I mean, 97, I feel like it can. Well, we got two spots open. So. I, 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 we, that's the thing. We have two spots open. I, I Really, 97 is strong. And 90. 90, I think, is better than, than uh, our Italian stallion is given a credit for. Yeah. 90, and we can explain why in a little bit. I'm willing, I'm willing to give it to you. Absolutely. Because maybe it's just that I haven't watched it in a long time. I, I basically only remember the Hogan Warrior stuff. Sure. Which, I mean, that's something because if I remember that, everybody remembers that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think 2001, though, should go on. Yeah, I really do. I just want to say here before we put anything in, we have a situation now where we have two spots and three contenders. That's how I feel. I don't know if we can add anything into the mix. I'm out of nominations. Yeah. 1990. Me too. Me too. 2001. 97 and again that's only because of the, the way the, the story it tells with Austin and everything and yep. the chaos that it led to. Yep. Uh I don't think anything else like 89's okay but I think 90's better. Yeah, you you're right. You you're making me second guess myself, but you're right. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we didn't bring up 91. Eh, 91's just a feel no. good. It's a feel good. No. But it's not yeah, nearly no. as good as 1990. Yeah, I guess I just remember 91 in a sense where like Hogan all, wins Hogan happily. Hogan wins, but isn't that also the one where like Rick Martel makes some record that they keep mentioning? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I just I remember it was like more of like an establishing rumble and just like a feel good rumble in it's general. Got, yeah, but it's got Roddy Piper. <laughs> uh, since we're talking about Final Four, yeah. do you know who's in the Final Four in 91? Brian Knobs. Yes, he is. Thank you very much. Bruno, I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, he got, he's got good conditioning, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Filippo, I love you. Uh, okay, so <laughs> or should we say Bruno? Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. good condition, Vince. So I'm, I'm Bruno Junior, Junior, Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Few generations removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get as far away as you can from him. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that we are we're talking one. Mm-hmm. As the next one going in, okay. I really yeah. think so. One is definitely above the the, the last. I, I think so. Okay. I really do, and I'm not a big fan of it. But it's not just about what I like. I think it's just about like in terms of quality. I could watch that and say, you know what, this is really good. Yeah. yeah. It also, by the way, just this is stupid, but it had a good poster where they brought back the like all the guys yes. walking in the town thing after like, years it, of uninspired yes. Royal Rumble posters yeah. and cover art. <laughs> yeah, I they, don't know. They felt right. like bringing that up. Thank you very much, Quinn, because finally, it's like, oh, shit, we're walking down the street, all of us, and we're going to go fight each other. That poster never made any sense, but okay. (laughs) All right. For number three, the 2001 Rumble. All right, folks, we're down to 1990 versus 1997, I think, and I'm going to vote 90. Me too. Yeah. No 97, huh? It's only because the match stinks. Filippo, what do you think? I think 97... Maybe tells a better story overall, but 9090 has more moments. Now I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of like rereading what happened, and, and, it, and it's coming back to mind. So I, I would say, yes, it's memorable. 
Yeah, and it's got a good roster too, 1990. And it's in a yeah. per- it's like a, a perfect snapshot of that era. It's got DiBiase and it's got the Rockers and Jake Roberts and Savage and Piper and the Hart Foundation, Bad News Brown, Dusty Rhodes, Andre, like Demolition. It's a good roster. There's yeah. not a lot of filler guys. Just as the last holdout and just want to make a Go case ahead. for 97. Yep. Where you say the snapshot thing, right? Mm-hmm. 97 is a perfect snapshot of like kind of the crap we're coming out of right and like true the fact that austin burst out of it and it's like this it's like almost this violent like rip away like we ain't gonna do it the old way anymore right it's like austin's gonna cheat you're right and like the rules don't matter i I don't know it like encapsulates that whole like your attitude of the attitude you are right but it's also got latin lover in it right i'm just trying to (laughs) i know i know (laughs) that's the and quinn uh, would you say that 97 is as good as it is because of what happened later, while well, 9090 is more like stands on its own. I think that matters, but also you have to remember how volatile WWF was in general in late 96 mm-hmm. to yeah. un- like to kind of see like kind of what happened before did matter, right? It yeah. was Austin was being a big asshole. Yes. everyone and there was absolute chaos everywhere i think going I, into that rumble you're you're absolutely right i think the the thing with 97 is it was a chapter in a longer story right whereas 1990 it 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 did lead to the Hogan Warrior thing, yes. but as a standal and Piper bad news, <laughs> but oh, as, wow. a, as a standalone Royal Rumble, 1990 is much better. It's a better product. Uh, I'll it's give a better that. product, and I think we're delaying the inevitable, Quinn. I think you're losing yeah. out on yeah, this just, one, buddy. I just wanted to, you know, I always like to throw in <laughs> yep. a case I f- just I f- in case. <laughs> mm-hmm. I <laughs> get it. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I feel like um, we're going to douse this with a case of olive oil, Filippo, because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for number four am i turning the key or are we are we turning our keys guys 1990 yeah i got my hand on the key all right let's do it number four 1990 all right we've done it folks to recap for donnie Ooh. we have 1992 2004 2001 and 1990, that is our Mount Rushmore of Royal Rumble matches. I should mention at this time that if you agree or disagree, let us know yours. You can do that by tweeting us at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com or simply go to the group where all the cool kids are. All right, Filippo, you got to pick one of the best. Quinn, why don't you pick one of the worst? Oh, me. Okay. Oh, yeah, remember you? <laughs> I'm going to start uh, pretty recent, actually. Because oh, no. I got to say oh, no. it. I got, to me, this is the most disappointing Royal Rumble I've ever like to seen. Say. Okay, what is it? The 2014 Royal Rumble, Joe. The the, the one that the infamous like Daniel Bryan doesn't come at 31. Yeah, I, like I've never seen anything like okay. that in my life. Here's like, I'm gonna say one thing and then I wanna turn turn the mic here over to Mr. Festuccia. Yeah. The only thing I have to say about the 2014 Rumble. It sucks. As much as it, it does suck, it's awful. And, yeah. and it might even make Death Valley. Yeah. Is to be fair. They never said Daniel Bryan was in the Royal Rumble. Fair you enough. have to admit that. Now, the booking <laughs> conventions, yeah. you would think like they were swerving you that he would be in it. Right. Them saying he wasn't and losing against Bray makes you think that he's going to be in it because that's how they conditioned people to think right. for 20 years. But to be fair, the one thing I can say is they never advertise it. However, that is not an excuse for that abomination <laughs> of a Royal Rumble. Filippo, your thoughts? I have a strong point. And while 2014 is horrible, 2015 is 10 times worse. Okay, Hmm. let's hear why. Okay, Brian is in the Rumble, 
Yep. But what makes it worse is that he's thrown out like an idiot. Yes. Yes. Like a he's a fan favorite. He wants to win it. He's thrown out like an idiot. Then, as as in the infamous like meme video, Goldust comes in, which uh, so you get the, the opportunity to to see shattered dreams in giant letters on the Titan. That's the message. Thank you very much, Vince. But then you know when uh, when it starts going. Uh, towards the end, you get Big Show and Kane. This is two, 2015. Oh Big Show and Kane starts throwing out everybody just like they were, I don't know, garbage. bags of garbage. Yeah. Exactly. You get Dean Ambrose, fuck off. Uh, Bray Wyatt, just go away. And everybody. And oh my God, I don't know. I, I feel so strongly about it. I'm, I'm still angry. Like it's, <laughs> I'm with you, man. They're 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 back to back ass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're the parallel rumbles. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now. Like, because yeah. because first of all, in fourteen, who thought Batista should win? Like, right. how tone deaf can you be that Batista won in the Royal Rumble? It's insane. I, I have the answer for you because the answer is Triple H. Yep. Yeah. Like that's the guy. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> he 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 made the call. Here's another thing about fourteen. This is how you know how badly they screwed up the booking. Yeah. The fact. That 30 hits, Rey Mysterio comes out, and he gets a booed out of the building. Rey, Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. Like, Mr. Like Kid-Friendly. Yo, Nobody Holmes. really has a problem with him. I like you, Holmes, and my yeah. tattoos. Like, he's generally loved. He gets booed out of the building. Joe, I have never seen the end of a match, like an entire Royal Rumble, where the crowd just booed. Like, yeah. they booed everything. They did like, it at 15 also, though. They remember? did it at 15 and also. And then The Rock had to come out at 15 to, like, try to help Roman get over. Yes, but that's because they... And he they, got booed. And yes. he got booed as well, which made it crazy. The Rock got booed! They, <laughs> the Rock came back, and everybody, hit your smell, and people are like, super happy. Oh my god, The Rock is here! But... <laughs> But, but but then it's like no screw you screw your cousin screw everybody yeah. <laughs> yes yes had, had that happened like in the, the late 90s you would have like garbage thrown out yep. the, like mountains of it yep they're almost like i feel like we need to put them both in yeah oh my god oh wait 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 there's oh. there's a lot of bad ones okay give okay. us one <laughs> okay so uh 1999 yep it's horrible. It, 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 it's, it's blah. McMahon's doing commentary during it. I think I gave a uh, pretty good accounting of myself, quite Ab- frankly. Absolutely. And, and granted, you are still in the Royal Rumble match. Exactly. I haven't been eliminated. You don't see, I'm, I'm not going to the hospital, am I? <laughs> yeah. He wins, and him and Austin, like, run around the building the whole match. The problem being that, you know, it's just, it's not about anything else but that. It's the worst version of Vince Russo booking something. Right. It's it's yeah. too one-dimensional, right? It's just like, we only care about Austin versus McMahon. Correct. Nothing else matters. There's this Royal Rumble match, but, you know, screw that. Exactly. Like, Golga's in it in 99. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> it's just the epitome of like, bro, we need to make sure that Vince and Steve are the, are the focus of the match. Why did you book it like that, Quinn? I don't know. I didn't want them to change the channel, and then I realized it was pay-per-view. Bro, bro, that was so bad, bro. But let me tell you who really got his moment to shine in 1999 because he needed it so much. He got, like, 60% of the screen time. Mabel. He was, like, the MVP. Yeah, you're right, and he had just come back, too, right? Was he not Viscera yet? He was, he was, uh... 
I think he was still Mabel. He was Mabel. Yeah, he was going to become Viscera. That appearance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And also Tiger Ali Singh is in it. <laughs> yeah. And, and Dan God. Severn. And the final four, I have them written down because I thought there was hilarious. You got Austin and Vince. Uh, of course. Boss man. This boss is 1999 Boss Man. Uh, and Dio Brown. That's an Weird. interesting final four. Weird. I, w- I don't. I don't hate anybody involved there. It's interesting in a way that nobody could win except. Things, yeah, essentially. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I I don't remember the ending too much, but I'm assuming the boss man was in there too because Vince's bodyguard kind mm-hmm. of like so that makes sense. That's exactly what it is. But D'Lo, what? D'Lo is funny. They were they were pushing him, but not that much. Not yeah. that hard. No, I, I'm totally fine with putting that in as number one because I've always hated it. That was going to be the one I really? brought up. Oh, oh yeah, over over the fourteen yes. fifteen debacle. Yes, because this was <laughs> this mocked the Royal Rumble as a concept. Right. This was just a horrible, horrible experience. It was it just is. an excuse for more McMahon shit. It, it really, like, it's really hard to watch back when. Yeah. In fact, folks, Quinn I don't and, watch it that often. Quinn and I. When we first got the network, we went on a spree. I think we started at Survivor Series 96. Yes. And we watched every single pay-per-view. We did. We stopped right before Rumble 99, and we were like, no, we don't want to do that's this. Why I'm, that's why I'm, like, foggy again on it. And Michael Cole is on commentary. Listen, any <laughs> anytime Michael Cole would make an appearance in the Attitude Era, yeah, you'd be like, really oh, bad. this doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I, I'm fine. <laughs> do we, Quinn, do you object, Philippa? You want to put it in, right? I, d- I really want it so bad. Like, Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's number one. Okay. So it's like we have room. We have my room. Point. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to object because it does suck. Like, it, it's yeah. up there. Okay. Like, I'm not going to argue. So let's put it in for number one, 1999. Die, die, die. Guys, we got to discuss the 94 rumble with the, um, t- the, the tie. Wait, wait. The roster is crap. Like, yeah. you, yeah. you get the, nobody, just absolutely nobody's in there. Yeah. But, like, the match itself, not that bad, surprisingly. I mean, they keep the it together. Spy- yeah, exactly. Like it, it's really well framed. There's the, there's a first, second, third, third act. Like Diesel is really good in that for some reason. True. He is. Well, he was good '94 in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, you compare it to '93 and '95. Mm. I think it's not that bad. '95 is horrible. It is. I think it's... That, that's that's the case I want to make first. A good ending. '95. Yeah, the only thing 95 has going for it is Shawn Michaels winning. You know, that's the only thing. If Michaels didn't do the start at number one and win, that's a horrible Royal Rumble. Shawn True. Michaels saves no, it. No, I will admit, the roster is dumb. When Dick Murdoch is in it. Yeah, Dick. I'm not even kidding. Like, he actually is. Yeah, and no, Crush. I, I, yeah. Crush in 95. <laughs> it's weird. I Rick Martel. Listen, I'm not defending anything before the ending, but the ending is literally, you know, I yeah. mentioned on the show, it's one of the things that got me into yep. wrestling. And you thought he was Bob Backlund or something, right? Yeah, don't bring that up. Okay, but. sorry. <laughs> but, you know, Vince Vince says one foot so many times at the end of that, you'd think Kerry Von Erich was in this rumble. <laughs> of course. Thank you. 96, though, folks. Doug Gilbert is in it. Dory Funk is in it. <laughs> the Headhunters. Ooh. Like, what the hell is going on in the 96 rumble? Listen, the 96 is not as bad it's as egregious. the 95. It's it's not. I, yeah, honestly, because I don't one know. Of the, the things that 95 also makes it stupid is that minute and a half thing. No, minute. Minute. minute? Is it minute? Minute. Minute. Yeah, it's sorry. 60 minute. seconds. Basically, music hits, you come in, do a move, next guy. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Not minute and a half. 
Did they have a minute and a half one? Yeah. I swear that 94 happened. and some of the uh, 94 is a minute and a half and a couple of other ones. Okay, were a minute that's and a half. where I'm confusing it then. But yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, 95 is is one of the worst. Be- it, no one it, in there is good. There's like three good people in it. Yeah. But honestly, does the, but does the ending save it? Because we cause like we have two it of them could. that are total abominations in 14 and 15. Right. Right. Which yeah. are just horrible matches. Right. Like CM Punk laying around all of 14 and just no one gives yeah. a shit. And 15's probably a worse match. I don't know, though. 94? We were talking about 94 real quick, yeah. right? Filippo made a good point. The roster is dump. You got like Tenaru and Kabuki in there from uh, Japan and Virgil's in it. It's always weird to me that Tenaru is still a thing by 1994. They brought him back. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God they did. We missed him, really. <laughs> <laughs> the ending of 94 is, is dump. Uh, yep. Brett should have just won, obviously, but they I know yeah. why they did it. I don't know if 94 can make it. A 93, Savage tries to pin Yoko. That one pisses me <laughs> off. <laughs> Pinfalls don't count. Yeah, and, and also like the, the whole Yoko stuff, it didn't really get the people going, I feel. You're right. Uh, the only good thing at Rumble 93 is Brett Brett versus Razor. It matches excellent. So Stop it. All right, sorry. Um, but... <laughs> the, 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 the crazy thing about both 93 and 95 is that in both you have someone trying to go the distance completely yep. unacknowledged by commentary because Bulldog had the same match as Shawn Michaels and yes. nobody cared in 95. Yep. In 93, Bob Backlund tried and he, he, he did not get referenced one. He did not get, get mentioned once by commentary does, I, or, or something like that. I think he does. I thought Gorilla cares or something. Yeah, Gorilla at the end is like, he's been in there for an hour. He broke the record, brain. <laughs> Rick Martel, you know how he always likes he, to bring that he up. He broke Flair's record. Yeah, I know oh, he did, oh, but he, just, right. he, he likes to bring that up. Yeah. I don't know. 93, between 93 and 95, the worst Royal Rumble is 95, I would say. Yeah. Not, uh, 95 is real bad. It's really bad. Honestly, I think the wheelhouse for bad Rumbles is 93 to 96. Oh, yeah, 96 is junk. Honestly, yeah. you know, while we're talking here, do you guys want to, do you guys feel that the the bad ones in general, in a weird way, are going to come out of 93 to 96 and not uh, 2014 and 2015? 16 wasn't good either. The one that Triple H won with, like, Roman being injured the whole time and he was the champion. That was I'll a really junky one also. If I recall, Jericho kind of made that a cohesive yeah. thing. He tried. It yeah. wasn't great. It, it, it was, it was you know, kind of fun compared to the the, the previous ones. Uh, like in in most modern rumbles, there's some horrible moments. Like you were mentioning the the, the forty man rumble. Yeah. Uh, you know the the end the end is nice and there, there's a lot of people. There's good pace, but uh, the whole central part is uh, Cena and Hornswoggle clearing the field. You remember that? <sighs> God. That's, that's crazy. Like uh, legitimately, Hornswoggle gets a few eliminations. Uh. Well, <laughs> but, he is but, Vince's but like, son. It's not bad. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I would say, um, I would say, if we're gonna put something in now, I'm, I'm, I'm turning my key on ninety. I'm putting my key in the ignition for ninety-five. Ninety-five. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, uh, I know you love it, Quinn. I know, but you got to face the facts here. You? Listen, I'll <laughs> face. Uh, <laughs> because it was Philippa. You know how you. You were lucky enough to receive a good rumble for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not. And, <laughs> no, but at I the same you. time, that was a big deal to me. That one to, I know. And I'm, you know what? I'll concede that it's a bad rumble. Yeah, though. it is a bad rumble, yeah. Quinn. I know you love like the ending. I like the ending too. I mean, right. I love Shawn Michaels, but it's a very bad Royal Rumble. Right. It's and it's too fast. It's the too fast. The intervals yeah. hurt it, and they did that because they like had to because they knew it sucked. Yeah. 
They did. They knew it was going to be so bad that well, they Dick should just Murdoch, be so. the shit. I know, and it's like, <laughs> I like Tricky Dick, but like, yeah, holy shit. In 95. Yeah, Dirty Dick, whatever his name is. It, this, <laughs> rumble is a, this rumble is a dirty dick. Uh, uh, can we agree, guys? <laughs> Fine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, 1995. Die, die, die. I, I'm sorry, Quinn, but, you know, <sighs> us us pasta brothers over here got to stick together yeah, on this I've one. Been, I've been doubled up by the Italians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got 2014. 2015, 93, 94, and 96. There is one that is borderline unwatchable, but I think it gets a pass, which is 1988, the first official one. Yeah. You know what? Good point. Good point. It gets a pass, in my opinion. I, yeah. It gets a pass for me, too, because it was the first one. It was a 20-man. It wasn't on pay-per-view. It was on USA Network. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And Duggan wins it, and that's fine, Duggan winning it. Is it? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Duggan, yeah, 88 Duggan was okay. It's, yeah, I like 88 Duggan. You're right, 88 you're Duggan's right, good. You're right, you're right. He's the guy that fought DiBiase in WrestleMania 4, yep. and then he feuded with Andre. He's, he's fine in 88. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's 1993 Duggan that I really can't stand. That's when he gets stupid, yeah. 92, he's 93. He's pretty fun up to that point. Yeah, like, I've really warmed up to him over the last, like, five years. But, yeah. all right, if we're going to really be honest here, 93 and 94 are horrible. Mm-hmm. 14 mm-hmm. and 15 are horrible. Yep. Let's focus on the 90s real quick. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get this done, guys. So we have 93, 94, and honestly, I want to include 96 because that's bad, too. Now, 93, <laughs> let's consider the endings. 93, Yoko. 94, Brett and Luger. 96, Shawn Michaels for the second time. Thoughts? Okay. The Shawn, to me, is fine. Okay. It's just... It was it's, obvious. He's the, number, he's the number one guy. We wanted to see Brett versus Sean yep. at the time. There, I have no issue with that ending. It was his big heroic comeback yeah. after telling people a lie. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I can't. Uh, 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 I got beat up. So, there's that. Uh, 94, Brett and Luger. Storytelling. It was dumb, but it made sense. But I hate the ending. I don't like a tie. I don't Even either. As cool it, like, they timed it right. Like, I must hand it to them. It was them a good there. ending in that sense. Yeah. But a tie. Exactly. Yeah, a tie in the Royal Rumble, when really. people just wanted Brett to win. Yeah. Like the, the, they the, did. The they crowd did, did yeah. anyway. And, yeah. And most fans. 93, it led off the Yoko era. <sighs> Which one's safe? 96? I, think, I mean, the Rumble sucks, though, guys. I think 96 <laughs> is safe. Really? Because... Let's just say all of these rumbles are bad. Mm. Let, let's go off the ending then. Is that fair, guys? You know, there's one thing uh, against 1996. What's that? I hate it when the rumble is not the main event. That's a good point. Yeah. I hate it. Like, it, yep. it sucks all the heat out of it. Like, it, it happened again with, uh, what was it, the 2006? It was, like, in the middle of the card because, like, Mark Henry had to go in the main event or something. <laughs> it was like the, the Angle Henry match with Undertaker destroying the ring afterwards. That's right. But you have Brett versus Undertaker in 96. That's not a good version of their match, though. Yeah, I'm that just saying. Actually bad. I, I, but if you're watching a pay-per-view, yeah, but that's you know like what I Brett, mean? Like, like, you know, they didn't push me, and they, did, <laughs> they didn't let me uh, get to be a good <laughs> champion. I was a lame duck. Plus, the Undertaker had that stupid mask. Yeah, but I'm just looking at it from a booking perspective. If you're, if you're watching this show fresh, right? Mm, I'm not, though. No, 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 but I'm saying you're watching it. In, not watching it ever again. You're watching it in 1996 at the time, right? Yeah. And you know that you have Brett versus The Undertaker. You're doing the Rumble last, Quinn. It's the Royal Rumble. I don't know. It, it's, what? what do you mean you don't know? Well, if if Shawn Michaels is going to win, right, and it was a pretty obvious outcome, yeah, then it wouldn't it be it more interesting to find out who's going to fight him at WrestleMania, The Undertaker or Bret Hart? Isn't that more obvious, though? 
doesn't Shawn Michaels winning the Rumble make it more obvious that Brett is going to beat The Undertaker? Like, looking at it from a, from a smart perspective. Yes. From a smart perspective, but as a fan, from a fan perspective, I'm just saying. You're right. I, yeah, I mean, I don't remember what I thought. I, I really thought Shawn was going to win. I don't think there was any question that Shawn was going to yeah. lose the Royal Rumble. That's the thing. Is, got, yeah, you're, right. you're right. They had nobody else. They so. had nobody else. As yeah. a match, though, the 96 Rumble is really boring. It really uh, is. It, yeah. But I don't know. Is it? I think 93 is better than, than 94 and 96. Actually, I think 93 is weaker. Really? Because yeah. to me, it's it's, the, it's that downturn feel the whole time. Yeah, okay. Like, like, I, I, could, I could easily let that go, too. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Filippo, you think 93 is, is the worst of those three there? I think it's, uh, you know, incredibly worse than, than 94, despite, you know, the difference in the roster is huge because yeah. by 94 they had nobody left yeah uh but like the match itself in 94 was not really bad okay and uh not, not i i don't know because on one hand 93 you get flair and perfect and that's basically yeah. the only good thing about it i don't know yeah, yeah. And, and it's not really a huge part of the match no it's not in, in, in 96 i don't know i I remember liking Yokozuna and Vader, like, playing in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, d- d- doing their big guy stuff. It was better executed than other times. Like, uh, I remember uh, there's rumbles with, like, Rosie throwing people out. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Was, in, in terms of big men dominating, I, I kind of liked it. Michaels and Diesel, they, they have their good moments. Good point. Um, I'm going for 93. Okay. I, I can um, agree. Yeah, I'm going for 93 too. And it's just the come down from 92 also. Yeah, it's it like is. you have the best Royal Rumble ever, and then you go to this weird, like, yeah. what? Plus, like, Savage trying to pin Yoko yeah. is really stupid. <laughs> they try to recapture the flare magic with, with putting Backlund. that number one. Yeah, and, Back- and Backlund too was, was great, but he's one of the few good things. Plus, that youngster, Carlos Colon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. It pains me because I, I like 93. It was the first Rumble I ever saw. I uh, saw it on VHS, but it's not good. Hey, if I had to bite the bullet on 95. Yep. We're really, <laughs> we're really throwing our dreams away here, yeah. Quinn. Thanks, Filippo. <laughs> uh, for, uh, for number three, 1993. Die, die, die. All right, then it's between 14 and 15, folks. Okay. Can I make my case for 14? Yes, and Filippo can make his for 15, and I'll tie-break it. Okay, how about that? That's fair. That sounds good. So this is my primary reason for 14 having to be it. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the point where like the Rumble jumped the shark, and it became what it is now, where it's just disappointing. Like People just... They have expectations and they're not met. And it seems like almost intentional at this point. Like, it's like they're just trolling the fans at what (laughs) used to be the most like fan favorite, like thing of the year, period. Okay. Like they made it a habit Mm -hmm. after this. Would you think of being like, we want to give anybody who ever liked the rumble, the finger every year. Would you think of Batista winning? It sucks. Outside of Daniel Bryan. It's still a stupid I, it, pick, it isn't it? It's stupid. He just he just comes in and he's just yeah, he, he and, he, and he looks like shit too. Yeah, he, he's he's yeah. huffing and puffing. I mean, it's terrible. It was really bad. And Punk was so un, we know why now. Yeah, Punk was so uninspired and he laid around the ring the whole match. Remember right. that? Yeah, he was really bad. I think Corporate Kane eliminates him. Yeah, it, but yeah, there's all this bad stuff, and they do this stuff the next year too. But it really starts here. Okay, and it's just a complete like mindset change with how they approach the rumble right like, if you really think about okay, it that's fair all right so let's go over to filippo for 2015's case i think that you know everything that you said about 2014 applies to 2015 
and then some, which I don't know. Um, I, I agree, though, on the fact that for, from there, I was like, yeah, so this match doesn't matter. You know, let's. It, I, I still watch it every year because it's like a huge moment. I can get people who don't care about wrestling. We sit down and watch the Rumble because it's so fun. Yep. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of moving towards 2014 because especially because of the the, the Rey Mysterio stuff that we were uh, talking about before. Like I remember Rey Mysterio getting booed for a whole month after that. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it 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 really not even uh, you know got got stuck onto him. It did but, damage. Um, yeah, it, it it did a lot of damage. Well, you know, 2015 uh, comparatively did no damage because we were in like yeah screw this company mode. Uh, it, yeah, it, true. We had accepted like collectively that nothing was ever going to matter and that it, it was all going to to burn. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm going for 2014. You made me change my mind. Well, that's a good case there, Quinn. I, I'm going to... I could go either way, honestly. Yeah. Here's the reason why I'm going to go with 14 also. Look, 15 was their shot at redemption, and that's why we thought like, oh shit, Daniel Bryan's going to win it this year. Yeah, but did you really have a lot of hope? No, yeah. uh, but he could have, right? Yeah. No, uh, but but uh, but I was hoping they they would have booked him a bit strong, like right. not just yeah. tossed away. They should have never put themselves. This is this is why I'm going to go with 14 because they should have never put themselves in that position. That is a great point, right? This is one situation where just fucking get over yourselves for three months. Let Daniel Bryan win. <laughs> yeah, let him win the title at WrestleMania, which he did anyway. Yeah. And then book them like shit like they were going to do. Fine. Yeah. But at least give the fans what they want like one freaking time. Yeah. He was so hot in 2014. And 2013 prior. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Coming off of 2013 since SummerSlam and building before yeah. that. That this was the time where even if they didn't like him. Yeah. And, and we know that they didn't want him to be the world champion long term. That's okay. They don't have to want that. That's fine. But at least just let him have it. Yeah. Instead of trying to force Dave Batista in 2014 on people, at least in 15, and you can hate him if you want, at least Roman was young. He's an up-and-comer at that yeah. point, and he's like going to be a long-term guy. Yeah. It's not Batista. And by the way, just one last point about 14. You can thank 14 for the reason why Roman <laughs> yeah, Reigns ever got to where he did, because yeah, he was in that right. final four, if you remember. And that's and, fine, too. They, they heard the cheers, but people were cheering because there was no Dana Bryan. They weren't cheering I know. because they liked Roman Reigns. I'm sure they know that. But, but now, you know, the company's Roman Reigns because Rome, of Roman that. Reigns is a great great wrestler. I know, Joe. He is. But no, no, no. I, I mean, like, he's uh, he gets all the stars from Meltzer. But, match. Yeah, yeah, match. But there's... Oh, oh by the way, you know, the, there's one Royal Rumble which with a lot of stars from match, which was 2012, which yeah. had, like, Michael Cole in it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> don't but, bring I mean, that up. It, it's, it's, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's not as offensive as 14. Yeah, yeah. 14 is... The one that really just pissed off everyone. Yeah. yeah. They pissed off people again in 15, but that's my whole point, is they should have never put themselves in a position to do this again. Yeah. They should have nah, just agree had with you. one time, just let let Daniel Bryan just fucking win it, <laughs> yeah. then push Batista, whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fine, but just let him win it. Yeah. For number four, 2014? Yes. All right, let's do it. Die, die, die. 
All right, well, to recap for Donnie, we have the Death Valley of 1999, uh, <laughs> 1995, uh, 1993, and 2014. That is our Death Valley Royal Rumble matches. We want to thank a couple of people, AJ Smith for the pick, and we want to thank our Italian Stein, the man with good condition, Vince. Filippo Festuccia for collaborating here. Filippo, it's been a great time. Thank you so much for coming on. Eh, grazie mille, ragazzi. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was great being here, and uh, it was great, you know, talking with you guys about the Rumbles. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. I Lots had a lot of, of fun. fun. Me too. So, folks, uh, Quinn and I are going to take a quick break. We got to take Filippo back to the airport now so he can catch his <laughs> flight back to Italy. Uh, but when we come back, we are, believe it or not, reviewing something. Back after this. On January 24th, the crowd will shake. The earth will rumble. The Royal Rumble. 30 superstar wrestlers of the WWF bang heads in a winner-take-all rumble. 30 wrestlers, one ring, something's got to give. And in a championship match, Brett the Hitman Hart puts his title on the line when he battles the ruthless Razor Ramon. The Royal Rumble, live Sunday, January 24th on Pay-Per-View. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. Welcome back, wrestling events to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. <sighs> Just dropped off Filippo Quinn, right? Yeah, we dropped him off trip. at the airport, yeah. a little trip trip. Bon voyage there. So yep. um, what we're doing, Quinn, we're reviewing something here on episode yeah. number 66. Yes. <sighs> Okay. It's something. Let me explain this. First of all, first of all, <laughs> I did not do my due diligence in the beginning of the show. Have to put over our two friends. Yes. Friends of the show, great podcast, folks. Give a listen to GF Allentown. That is greetings from Allentown. Petey Winston Quinn hosts a very, very good and very lonely one-man show yep. where he talks about the retro wrestling, but in a totally different style than we do. Yes, he does an entire review the whole episode. Right. And he gives interesting anecdotes, as they say. Yes, anecdotes, uh, reflections, recollections. Yep. Great little show. Good, and uh, Good stuff. So look up GF Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. Petey Winston, good friend of the show. And then you can blame this next guy mm-hmm. for this review, but a great podcast. The Kingpin Brian Malonis and this guy, Mean Mike Crockett. Yes. They host a, a very good show called The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And these guys are both in the business. Uh, Mike Crockett was an independent wrestling referee. Yep. Uh, he still does occasionally, but he's on an extended hiatus. And Brian Malonis, the Kingpin, is a wrestler who actually pops up in ROH from time to time. Yes, but they're both veterans, as they say, of the New England Mat Wars. And that yes. should bring us to this. Yes, we are reviewing something here. And this was requested by two people. Uh, the promotion itself by Chuck Mess. Mm-hmm. And then the promotion. So thank you, Chuck. And the promotion and this specific episode by Mike Crockett. And what we're reviewing, folks, is international <laughs> world-class championship wrestling. I don't I, know what makes them so international, first n- off. N- nothing. Now, originally, <laughs> this promotion was what they used to call an outlaw promotion as ICW 1984. It was founded, not to be confused with Angelo Paffo's outlaw promotion, also known as ICW. No, so, anyway. Being an outlaw, that means they weren't a territory, right? Correct. They, they were weren't just, part of the NWA. Right. They were just some company. That's all that means. Okay. So they operated this way in their um, a New England promotion, uh, Boston. In 1991, the 
already sold, I guess because of Minnetonka and all that shit, world-class championship wrestling agreed to let this promotion use the name world-class championship wrestling. Right. So we go from uh, ICW to IWCCW. It's so confusing. It's 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 a mouthful, really. It's basically world-class championship wrestling with an I on the front of it. Right. To denote that it was part of this shit. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And uh, this operated this way from 91 until 95, and then not really worth the time, not really worth getting into, but this specific episode a couple of things. We don't know when it's from, but we were able to deduce that it is likely from early or mid-1991, we want to say. It's got to be. So we don't know exactly when, but it's our best shot at it. And the tape that it was taken from, there's some edits in it, like some cuts in the actual there's VHS. There's matches that are just cut out, but that's more... Th- I'm thankful for that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. horrible. It's not a problem. Yeah. So let's dive right into it, Quinn. What's very weird is we're greeted with the actual old world-class intro. Yeah, but like with a shittier version of, of the, the globe. globe. Yes. Like how I don't know how they got like a crappier version <laughs> of the picture of the Earth than they already had in world-class, but it's here at, with the world-class music. I feel like, you know, Bill Mercer should be like, ah, the cotton ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And this episode, Quinn, is sponsored by Teguin Shampoo. Great. Just so you know. Oh, great. And we are hosted by some dork named Brian Webster, and he's in, like, a really shitty control center. It's like a dumpy one, <laughs> and he, he he's like the shitty Tony Schiavone. He is, right? Like, yeah, he's like a crappy Schiavone. Crappy Schiavone here. Hello once again, wrestling fans. I'm Brian Webster. We're glad you joined us here this week. And we go to our first match, which is... <laughs> yeah, this is good. Flex Lavender. Yes, that's his name. Yeah. He looks like Jesse Ventura. And he also looks like um, the guy from uh, the Heavenly Bodies. Jimmy Del Rey. Jimmy Del Rey. A little bit of Jimmy Del Rey. He's billed as being from Venice Beach, which, oh, I wonder who that's like supposed yeah. to imply. But here's an interesting part, Quinn. Mm-hmm. What is his theme music? The CM Punk theme music, yes. Cult of Personality. Very weird. Yeah. That's really just bizarre. Uh, really, really bizarre. I had never heard of this guy. I looked him up, actually, which I don't really do for a lot of these shows. He wasn't much of anything. Did we're he not, ever become no, anything? We're no. not missing anything. And apparently we're not either with his uh, his friend here that he wrestles, Maverick Wild. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's really this person's name, Maverick yep. Wild. Yep. Now, the ring announcer is very fat, I just need to mention. And, uh, you know, Flex here. <laughs> flex. Uh, this guy is probably supposed to be heel, but I really don't want to boo him after that entrance. I don't blame you. He actually has charisma. He's not bad. Yeah. As you might imagine, he does, like, a lot of flexing because that's his name. I mean, he, flex, sh- he really know. should. But anyway, so the ref has a very weird hairstyle. It's like a ponytail mullet. It's huge. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? like a very big mullet it's ponytail. It's a very big mullet ponytail, and I'm not really sure like that it was quite a good style to no. have. I'm just saying that. Anyway, we have a match here. It's not good or anything. Armbar by Maverick, but Flex with a huge clothesline. I just want to say this match should be like two seconds yeah. because I just want to hear his music I, again. I'm fine with hearing his music again, Quinn. I have no issue with that. Yeah. So anyway, here we get a nice flying clothesline as Quinn has a problem with the ring. Yeah, so the ring is really <laughs> weird. You know when you had the the Jax figures and they initially had this other ring? Yeah. Like it was like too big or something. Yeah, yeah. I think you said once it was the mold to the to the LJN ring. LJN <laughs> ring. That's what it looks like here. Like the turnbuckles are gigantic. They are. They're, you're right. They're like way too big. Like they're bigger than WWE. Yep. But yet the ring is smaller than yeah, WWE. I know. So it's like these enormous turnbuckle pads. It's very off-putting. Yeah. Let me put it's, it. It's very disorienting. Very weird. <laughs> it's like how when you know Mario went into the big world, it's like yes. disorienting. Mario yeah. three. Yeah. World yeah. 4. Very right. It's like that. 
Okay, it's like that. Big body slam by Flex followed by a rolling knee drop for two. He pulls him up. Suplex by Flex for two. He pulls him up. Uh, uh. Brian Webster, by the way, is actually announcing this. He's okay. He's not great. Then Flex just kind of dicks around for a while, like literally, like we were saying, just flexing, like dicking around the it's ring. It's not entertaining at all. No, it's not fun. The crowd is really quiet. And Quinn, you said they're really too far away from the ring, too. Yeah, there's like some other area. It's like it feels like you know how New Japan, where the crowd yeah. is like too far. Right. There's like there's a barrier and then there's a blank space and then a barrier again yeah. like, but there's even more it's like it goes too far I don't know what the hell's going on they need on. binoculars to yeah. see <laughs> you're in the front row you need binoculars here <laughs> textbook vertical suplex Gorilla Monsoon would be happy by Flex gets two because he pulls him up again <sighs> but he, he should sl- lose <laughs> by wrestling standards I know we were thinking we were getting like a Razor Mo one two three kid vibes here right or right. Barry Horowitz and Skip that yeah. type of thing body slam and Flex heads up for a flying clothesline gets the win by the way the ref was also like really fat yeah the ring announcer was really fat everyone Everyone was was a lot of fat here (laughs) now the following message here is for serious wrestling (laughs) fans only what is it you ask well it's the pwi hotline commercial the after mags yeah don't quinn don't call them the after mags thanks bill and quinn you told me you can learn about the title changes yes (laughs) that's a big deal you can learn about the all those wcw ones that don't count for some reason (laughs) just get this fucking after mag quinn (laughs) you can't call them that i don't know why you keep insisting on doing that don't call them the after mags thank you bill Rotary phones are okay. Yes. <laughs> that, that was amazing that they actually on big like in big letters says rotary phones are okay. <laughs> Next match here. This is really weird. So it's the Tasmaniacs. Yes. That, in action. The actual like Tasmaniac. Yeah, Taz. Taz. And like another one. I didn't know there even was another <laughs> I didn't one. Either. This actually like brings me back to in the ECW DVD where where uh, Taz literally goes, I was a big veteran of the New England wrestling circuit or something. Yep, here it is, because <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I, I didn't, didn't know there were two. I, I didn't know there were two either, but I also just didn't even think this seemed even too early for Taz. Yeah, like he must have been like fresh off the wrestling school or something. Very fresh. Yeah. Very, very green, actually. Yeah. We're in a totally different arena, by the way. No, they don't say the jobbers' names. The yeah. only notable things is that uh, Tasmaniacs have Tony Rumble with them, who's who sucks too, by the way. Yeah. And they kill these jobbers with ugly, just sloppy stuff in the ring. It's not good. Yeah, this match is short, too. It is short, thankfully. The crowd is practically like literally silent. They're like... I- I almost feel like they're confused on like what the gimmick is, yeah. which seems odd because like the barbarian whatever style yeah, gimmick seems pretty common. They're wearing Tarzan things. Yeah, but I mean, essentially they're barbarians, right? Like they're like uh, they're wild animal characters. Sure, like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like they are. They're supposed to be like very primitive and all that, but they're just doing suplexes. Yeah, Taz with a snap suplex and a power slam, and then a weird like full Nelson that was awesome. submission I finisher on the yeah. mat. Yeah. And then, like, a really weird bumper for a Taz promo, but just by himself with, like, a manager that's not Tony Rumble. If you think you can handle the Tasmaniac coming to your hometown, well, then what you better do is watch this. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't was. know what that was like, either. Oh, you want to see a Tasmaniac? And then it's just it. <laughs> it's almost like he had, like, recently switched managers, but we don't know what order both of those segments went in, so yeah. we don't know which one was first and second. Correct. I have no idea, yeah. like, how this was put together, when this is from, right. how long it took. Yep. So anyway, back to the control room here with Brian Webster, and then we go right to the ring for The Butcher. And yes. 
The Butcher. This is an interesting match here, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Now, The Butcher, first of all, he's got like a nice, clean, white, well-laundered apron. If you're a butcher, yep. you should have a dirty apron, right? I mean, because you're butching all day. Right, Richard Land? Yeah, we can ask Richard. <laughs> I mean, if you're butching. You should have blood and guts. Yeah, and, and meat. Meat. Yeah. You should come out with like a bone. Yeah. You know what this is? This is a fat guy with a nice, clean, white apron and like an amateur wrestling singlet. Yeah, this guy reminded me of a Ted Arcini. Yeah, I guess so, but like worse, like yeah, little, literally worse. A little fatter. But Ted fatter. Arcini was kind of had a gut too. He had a gut. He had like a muscle gut. But no, no white socks. <laughs> no, that's no. All. But anyway, it's not a but. He doesn't look like a butcher. Like no. he, he looks like he works at a deli. Maybe all that's butcher like is he wears an apron to the ring, and it's way too clean. And he's fighting the rebel, who I don't know. Maybe it's the Rock and Rebel, but it they don't looks call him that. A lot like him, but a very green Rock and Rebel because. Yeah. Yeah. He is horrible. He's really bad. Like he is the worst wrestler by far this in this show. whole thing. Absolutely. Like he cannot do moves. No, no, no. It's really bad. The ref looks like Mo Howard, by the way. <laughs> There's always a Three Stooges reference peppered into our reviews, Quinn. And maybe he's Shemp, though. He's Mo. Okay. Anyway, another arena, another dead crowd, and more bad announcing. He's been out wrestled, overpowered, he's outweighed, and the butcher has a goal. So anyway, this butcher sucks. He just like literally fats around and beats <laughs> up the rebel who is not rocking. Yeah. Um, and he takes like all these horrible bumps the rebel does, like Quinn was saying, like like poorly timed. There's one where he gets like thrown, like Irish whipped into the turnbuckle, but he's supposed to fall, but he like does this weird delayed reaction. Yeah. Like it's like two seconds, but it looks awkward. It's awful. There's another one where he just gets Irish whipped to the ropes and he like Looks like he's like trying to fall through the ropes, <laughs> but at the same time he's not. He falls almost over the ropes, almost through the ropes. What's weird is it seems like his primary weakness as a wrestler was the Irish whip, which I it seems like the easiest like thing to ever to do. Like I feel like I could do an Irish whip pretty well, and I'm not like a wrestler or anything. It's, it seems like his primary weakness as a wrestler and, is wrestling. Yeah, and feel free to make fun of me, Crockett or Malonez, by saying I could do an Irish whip. I, I'm sure. Oh, please do, please do. There's guys. probably some kind of like talent to it. Tom I just, Bryant would make fun. Too, he was yeah. a worker. Remember? Yeah. Oh man, no, 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 Quinn. You don't, don't venture it. Don't start saying that you could do this stuff now because I, now we got a whole different ball game on our hands. I think I could do an Irish whip. I am Joe. not endorsing this statement <laughs> at all. You could do an Irish coffee, maybe. I could take an Irish whip. I shouldn't say I could do an Irish whip. You know? Irish car bomb. I could do an Irish car bomb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway. Butcher sits on the rebel's <laughs> leg and the announcer's like, oh, that was a good move for a big man. That's the, the move that every big man does. He sits. That's what you do. <laughs> like literally any other wrestler that has ever used the Butcher nickname is better than this guy. I'm talking Butcher Vashon, Abdullah the Butcher, Mohammed the Butcher, and <laughs> Leslie. Like literally anyone ever that was called Butcher was a better Butcher and wrestler than this guy. I think, this you're, is I think you're right, yeah. And the announcers talk about rope burn. Yeah, they're very big on the rope burn. Like he's he's gonna wake up tomorrow with that rope burn. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I never about? no. And there's also a trampoline next to the ring. We only see it for a second of one camera shot. Maybe they're trying to hide it. There's a trampoline I next missed to the it. ring. I, I like looked down. I promise. Or, or, like took a swig of my coke or something. <laughs> yeah, I missed it. It's definitely a trampoline. The Rebel almost falls out of the ring, like Quinn mentioned, and a horrible side backbreaker by Butcher, and then an awful corner bump by the Rebel. Yeah, that's the delayed corner bump. How is this still going? I Okay, so I had a theory halfway through this match, is yeah. that like Butcher, because he looked a little older. He did. Like, maybe, like, you know, maybe he was never a big wrestler or anything, but maybe he was a trainer, right? He was big. 
Yeah, and maybe this was like a learn how to take a bump match for yeah. Rebel because because he was horrible at it, so he needed to learn, and, and we needed to see it. Though I don't want to see this guy's training session. Well, what's weird is mostly the a lot of these indie promotions nowadays they're not on TV, right? So Good. you can have these matches in front of people where you fuck up and right? learn, right? You could but do this it. is on fucking television, it's on television on Sports Channel America. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. This guy, honestly, this butcher guy looks like he's doing a salami tasting after this match. <laughs> Ugly Ghostbuster by the butcher and the tape just immediately cuts. <laughs> like, that like, sh- it's honestly, fine. that should have happened. Yeah. Like, JVC was like, fuck this yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. This VCR just skipped forward to Brian Webster, back at the control room, who immediately throws us to our next match. And it is Jumpin' Joe Savaldi. Who? Versus one of the three guys that looks like knobs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So please explain knobs. this. So these three guys come out right, and yeah. one is like a suit knobs, yeah. like a knobs and a suit. Yeah. So there's suit knobs. One of them is big fat pink, pink shirt knobs. Big pink shirt knobs. And then there says no shirt knobs. Yeah, like wrestler knobs. Wrestler knobs. And apparently the wrestler knobs name is Mike Sampson. Great. Which I don't care. And I don't know who either of these guys are. Can I just say, like, Jumpin' Joe Savoldi, the way they're talking about him is, like, these reverent, like, he's yes. like the Hulk Hogan of fucking yes. ICE, WCC, had too many letters, yes. the, the promotion. I know. Yeah. And he looks like he's Tracy Smothers dressed up as Dan Severn, is yeah. the best way to describe him. No, anyway, the ring announcer has a hat, <laughs> yeah. which really bothered me, because it's like a slouchy black cowboy hat. Uh, you know who's on commentary? It's very interesting. Ox Baker, who is, you might know that name, and... <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Chris Cruz. The Chris Cruz from the Facebook message board. Yes, and WCW. Yeah. Those two things yeah. is what he's known for. <laughs> being on our boards, being very snarky on Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and doing this, apparently, which I can't wait to ask him about, and he'll probably just give me a shitty answer. We're back now on International World Class Championship Wrestling. Chris Cruz, accompanied by Ox Baker. The ref also, Quinn, the ref is like 103 years old, and he looks like Mr. Miyagi. It's crazy. Like, I was like, so the, the quality on this show, right? Let's just get this out of the way. It was really bad. It was very fuzzy. It was very fuzzy. So the whole time, like, I'm looking at the TV, like, mm-hmm. almost like sideways. I'm like wincing. Like, yeah. I'm like trying really hard. Like, who does this guy look like? This right. ref is weird looking to me. Yeah. He looks... Like somebody I know, and then you said Mr. Miyagi, and I was like, that's it. Yep. Freaking Mr. Miyagi. He does look like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Or a Hoy Carlo from Super Punch Out, the old man that uses a stick yeah. at the end. <laughs> uh, anyway. There's also a golf club with yes. uh, suit knobs over there, by it's, the way. Speaking of sports, you can see a basketball backboard in the background <laughs> the whole time. On the hard camera view, yes. you can just see the basketball hoop, so we must be in a gym. It's like Basketball City, that ROH place yeah. from a couple years ago. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, Chris Cruz, though, I'll say, in all seriousness, He's a true pro. Like, he sounds like a real announcer, our first one. Yeah. He's trying, but this match has been three minutes and there's been no wrestling. Right. Except the karate then. Now, Joe comes in with some karate. Ox Baker's talking about social studies. Yeah, why is this happening? I, I, I just yell that out to you. I was like so confused. There's been no action and we take a commercial break in this match. Seriously, with the social studies, though, why? I don't know, I don't know yeah, what they were that, talking about. That was about. really weird to the, me. Probably as bored as we were. We come back from this commercial break immediately to the slowest two out in the world. Okay, this is when we realize Miyagi is, like, too old to, like, do things. Right. Even Chris Cruz has to just acknowledge that it's a slow count. Yes. Which you're not supposed to do unless it's part of the angle. Yeah. Like, Chris Cruz is, like, very slow there by the referee. <laughs> Down to the mat as well. Here comes the count. One, two. It's a bit slow.
throw there by the referee, yeah, and Savoldi kicks out. He is ridiculous. He takes two hours to watch 60 Minutes. <laughs> Flying body press by Joe, and the ref takes like three hours to get over there and count yeah. to two. <laughs> two! <laughs> like, like this poor guy has to sell this pin for like 10 seconds. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, embarrassing. It was definitely like a five count could have occurred. Seriously, like King Kong Bundy could have been there. Yeah. Abdominal stretch by Joe, but suit knobs distracts him, and then pink shirt knobs runs in with a golf club right. and accidentally hits wrestler knobs with it as the bell rings in the background. Great. Get a big beat down by all three Triple knobs. Triple knobs beat down. And then the Star Warrior runs out, Quinn. Yes. So the Star Warrior, right? Stupid He's name, basically by the way. like you remember um Danny Davis, the one that looked like he had a dump on his eye? <laughs> yeah. It's that it's that face paint, right? <laughs> yes. So Basically, he's like the ultimate warrior of IWCC too much letters, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like so he runs out and body slams this every is knobs. Literally turning into like the Hogan warrior moment or Savage Hogan. Yeah. Where uh, the honky tonk man, you know, and, the and all that. The honky man. Yeah. yeah. And, so basically, they like have a standoff and they look at each other and the ref's like trying to get them to hug. Yeah. The ref is like encouraging them to shake hands. <laughs> and as Quinn's mentioning how this reminds him of Hogan Warrior or Hogan Savage, they actually do the Mega Powers handshake. For real. And like everyone's all like excited about it. They're like, oh my God, like the best wrestlers ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, they look like super average, yeah, like normal people. They just look like regular people. It, it, one got a dump on his eye and one just looks like Tom Selleck or something. It's <laughs> awful. I love your question. Are these two really the best people they have? Apparently it is. <laughs> I mean, like, that's... they. They were talking about how, like, Jumpin' Joe was the champion or something. Yep, and Star Warriors like this, like, mysterious newcomer or some yeah. garbage. <laughs> anyway, Horrible. We go to commercial. We come back from commercial, which is edited out, and they recap the entire thing. It's really long, Joe. It's they like three minutes. They take an entire, like, back from commercial break segment to recap this. And then after that, they go back to commercial. Yes. After the recap that they just came back from commercial from to do. It's ridiculous. They, the, it's, cl it's clear they had like nothing. They had nothing. And then we get like a horrible 10 second promo with Jumpin' Joe Savaldi. And the announcer says, if you're looking for the very best professional wrestling in the world, look no further. And I say, no, look further. Seriously. Because this is terrible. How could they say that with a straight face? Uh, it's horrible. This is the and, best in the world? And this kind of promo is trying to sell to like kids parties or something like right. trying to like get people to book them basically like a rent a clown i always think it's bad if on your television program you have to say like book us right you know what i mean like you fundraisers should be, you should or be mitzvahs? advertising like we're gonna be here on the television not book us please like seriously the announcer might as well come out and say do you have a retirement party coming up that yeah. you need some entertainment for it's ridiculous it's like, really bad it's like they're advertising so that somebody who has like a town clubhouse, like <laughs> yeah. in like a condominium complex <laughs> that they can that has enough room for a wrestling ring, mm -hmm. so that they can have that yep. at the clubhouse that week with some Ritz crackers, yeah, and some uh, Tostitos and yeah. stuff like that, and some dip, mm -hmm. and maybe the butcher can come over with some salami, right? Possibly Damien Demento was in this commercial too. I'm I not did sure. See him? I it swear. was him. Yeah. Okay. And Tony Atlas in his fat pants. Right. So we go back to Brian Webster in the control room to introduce hat announcer again. <laughs> and it's going to be our next match. T.D. Madison. 
Yes. <laughs> versus Samu. Okay. Now, first of all, Samu has Mike Myers Halloween music. Yes, literally the Halloween theme is playing as Samu comes. Are you okay with that? I, I am. I'm not because his name is not Mike or Myers. <laughs> like, the only person that ever deserved to use that was Mike Myers on the Yankees. Yes. Like, slash Red Sox, etc. Yeah. And they, that was his music, right? Yes, that was his actual entrance music for a pitcher. TD Madison, though, Quinn. TD yeah. might stand for something and not the bank, folks. Nope. Tommy Dreamer. Yes. This so Tommy is, Dreamer Madison here. This is Tommy Dreamer, a very, very young. And green. And green. Proudly from Yonkers. Yes. Tommy Dreamer. Um, also, he's not bad here, I will say. He's okay. Yeah. He's okay. I'm just wondering what planet we're on because what we've got is hat announcer. Yes. Tommy Dreamer in like blue spandex. Right. Versus Samu. Like Samu is a big deal here. Yeah. And <laughs> with Mike Myers music. And karate pants. Right. We've got Cruz and Ox Baker on commentary. Yeah, again. we have Chris Cruz involved too. Yep. That that should make it more weird. Yep. Samu has very Samu like offense. A very short squash here, and he hits a blockbuster slam, which is basically that Scott Hall like fallaway suplex from the second uh-huh, row. That's what it's called. He hits that for the win. Um, that was the best match because it was a, a typical squash. It's how you're supposed to do a squash. Right. And it just goes to show that Tommy Dreamer was a freaking professional yeah. from the beginning. Like, he, had, he had a little bit of token offense that we didn't mention, but yeah. he looked good. But he, it seemed like he had a handle on like what he's supposed to be doing in this situation. The antithesis of the Rebel from yeah, earlier. exactly. It's, this match here was the exact opposite of that. This was like a television, like WWF style squash. Right. Samu, the superstar, quote unquote, right. gets the music the entrance takes a little bit of offense from the jobber but dreamer looked good yeah and samu looked good decent package and i can't believe we're non-ironically analyzing this match (laughs) because it's how it's supposed to be done yeah like that this is should be the example you're right you know and it was quick back to brian webster again who says a lot of wrestlers think they're the best well honky tonk man yes that honky tonk man thinks he is the best intercontinental champion of all time. Why is this happening here? The Honky Tonk Man claimed that he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. What a... They're just leeching off the WWF, honestly. Do you think WWF even knew this ever no. happened? No, and do you think they cared? No. Like, I could tell Vince McMahon now, and he would not even be aware that this promotion ever existed. And if he was, he wouldn't care because, like... Honky has to lower himself to this. Yeah, it's a win for WWF. You know what I mean. It's also just a quick bit of money for the for, two people involved. Yes, that be, we'll get to here. Because you know who else thinks he's the best? Rick Rude. Yes, that Rick Rude. So this is where we get our timeline from. In addition to knowing that IWCCW started in 1991, mm-hmm. we have to deduce here that Rude. Left WF in October of 90. Mm-hmm. Honky left in January of 91. Now, Rude showed up when in 91 in WWE? October. October, yeah. Because he had a non-compete. Yeah, it was that Halloween Havoc. Correct. Yeah, that, with Medusa and everything. Yeah. So this is definitely before October of 91. Right. And it's definitely after January of 91. Mm-hmm. So it's sometime in that timeline. I don't know when Dreamer debuted, when Taz debuted, you know, etc. Yeah. But we know that it's 1991 and probably shortly after both men left the WWF. Right. Early 91, yeah, we're thinking, right? So Rick Rude also thinks he's the best. So we cut to <laughs> Bill Apter in yes. the ring. Apter Mags himself. Yeah. Quinn. Don't call them the Apter Mags. Jeez. I know, I know, but I mean. Can't keep saying this here. <laughs> so anyway, we're at the basketball arena, and Bill Apter himself is in the ring introducing Honky Tonk Man. The Honky, the Honky Tonk Man. Like the real Honky Tonk Man blue suit, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Good hair. His, his short hair, like short, that, slick hair. I think I'm the greatest intercontinental. To, you know, the typical yep. spiel. The honky tonk man, the greatest of all time. 
And then Rick Rude comes out. Yeah. Short hair, mustache, you know, the WCW version or the late right. WWF version, mm-hmm. that version of Rude. And they have like a quick argument and Bill Lapter's like, no, goodbye. And you can send your votes, we get a graphic, <laughs> to who? <laughs> yeah, literally who. Like it actually says that on screen. In Parsippany, New Jersey. <laughs> yes, which is weird because this is like northeastern New England thing. I guess they have like a satellite office in Parsippany from what I That's understand. That's business. That's yeah. where the P.O. box was. You know what's weird about this, actually? Come to think of it, didn't we uh, do Intercontinental Champions or something? We did. Last week. Rick Rude is definitely kind of below the hunky dunky definitely isn't he? yeah but i would have to say between these two honky's more associated so it's like i he yeah. should win like rude was good yeah but he it was short-lived very short-lived honky's definitely a better intercontinental champion so anyway we get, we're back and we're joined in progress with fat pants tony alice versus noted wwf jobber quinn dusty wolf yes the dusty wolf and this is the main event dusty wolf. A, i gotta say there's a lot of star power in this not that these are big stars but I a mean, lot of people, notoriety people that are known right it, tony atlas yeah it just feels like i it's bad but mm-hmm. at the same time it's also like you're watching like you know, WWF Superstars Developmental Edition yeah, or something. Right. Like, I mean, a lot of times when we watch stuff that we're not familiar with like this, we're always asking, like, who the hell are these guys? But, you know, Tony Atlas, yeah. Samu, Tommy Dreamer, Taz, there's a bunch of guys. Dusty Wolf, even the jobber. In a weird way, we're watching an early NXT. Like, you know how, what, I mean... Well, I don't know about that. No, I mean in the sense that, do you remember when NXT first started and it was like that Game weird... Show. No, not the game show. The like when they first like twelve, yeah, or mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of like if you think about it, it's like all these green people. There's some a smattering of stars because that's yeah. what they did when they started. That the is when they started. They put like a smattering mm-hmm. of like regular people would You're come right. down and yeah. do things. The regular kind. Yeah. And we got Cruz and Ox Baker on commentary again, the basketball arena. Tony Rumble appears to be in Tony Alice's corner. I don't really care. We get a nice shot of the air vents in the ceiling for a second there. <laughs> Vertical suplay by Ax- by Atlas and then a back suplay. Dusty fights back with kicks and an eye poke and then we just calmly fade away from this match. <laughs> yes, it does. Just, and it's over. Literally, the show just ends. That's it. No, like, Sorry. goodbye. Just cut. We can't help you there. I mean, that's how it ended, folks. Not our fault. Now, I don't know if that was the tape. but I, I'm sure it was. Well, you say that, but there was other parts where they just cut off matches, too. And so yeah, it I don't be, know. It wouldn't be far-fetched to believe that they just were like, well, we're out of time. That's true. Uh, so thank you, Crockett, for the specific episode here. And also thank you to Chuck Mess. Uh, now we've crossed that one off our list. We have never done that one before. Nice I departure do- there. So we did I W No, I-W-C-C-C-C-W-W-I. And sometimes Y. Yeah, it's so confusing. Now I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? Well, what'd you think of that? Um... It's okay. Here's the thing. It wasn't that? It was and while weird. we were watching it. It was like torture. Right? Uh, yeah, right. But as we were reviewing it, it really is okay. not the worst thing we've ever watched no. by a long shot. Um, it's very developmental. Like you can very tell, developmental. it's not meant to be like a top tier. It's not like acting like they're. Well, they do say they're like the greatest stars in the world. But uh, you That's should. Weird. You should put your product over when you're trying to get booked. I'll uh, give them that I'll credit. S- okay, fine. Yeah, I wouldn't call it one of the worst, Again, right? Again, it just it feels like a wrestling school that's putting on matches. 
Yeah, that's okay. what it feels I mean, like. And, with, and make phoning in their friends, like the higher ups at the wrestling school who are probably were in the business. Okay. Like literally phoning in like honky tonk and rude because they're yeah. not doing anything. You right. Know? And Bill After, that's always interesting to see him. And Chris Cruz, that was a surprise. Yeah. Uh, Samu, the superstar, had a lot of yeah. interesting stuff. And folks, we thank you for sticking with us through all of our interesting stuff. And we want to hear more about what you think of the retro wrestling. So send us your suggestions. Go to ovppodcast.com. And uh, if you want us to talk about anything, we'll do our best to get to it you can also reach us on facebook go to the group join it if you haven't yet you tweeted us at ovp podcast and of course email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com next week we'll be back to close out january we will keep trucking along here folks it's bringing you the very best of the retro romps through the world of retro wrestling until next time i am joe marana this is michael quinn saying so long and we will see you next week see ya The following message is for serious wrestling fans only. The Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine hotline has the inside scoop on all the late-breaking news from every federation. And fans, it's only a phone call away. Call the hotline now, and you'll be the first to learn about exclusive news about your favorite superstars, results, title changes, and much, much more. Call 1-900-420-6550. Call now, fans. Only $1.49 per minute. Don't call them the aftermags.